0: All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we are jamming with Joshua Church, who is the co-creator of Edge Theory Labs, The Iceless Ice Bath host of the Find the Others podcast, and also leads workshops, retreats, and unique experiences designed to help people operate as happy, healthy, and more successful human beings. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Welcome <laughs> to the show, brother. Thank you. Yeah, those are those are cool things, right? We can get on board yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I support that message. It's awesome. Oh, man, there's so many jumping off points that, that we can go down. Um, but first, I mean, the, the first question that everyone gets to avoid all of those things that we work on, job titles and all of that. And that's just, who are you? Mm, It's
1: a great, great question. Who am I? Is that the question?
0: Yeah. And and who are you today? Because I know that evolves, right? Just like how, what
1: outside Mm. of the work and all of that, like what what makes up you? It's a great question. Um, Human being is the thing that's vibing with me right now. Um, And what I mean by that is, my journey has brought me on this path of learning how to operate as a human being and what, what operating as a human being in today's world actually means. Cause like you, like we were talking about earlier, we've got these, we are ancient beings that are living in this modern world. So how do we reconcile those two things? How can we bring our, our ancient being up to speed with the, with the modern world and how can we bring our modern world more in line with what our ancient being is built for and is built to thrive with? So, um, uh, so right now I'm really big into being human and, and, all, yeah. and learning what that looks like. And, and who I am with that is a human being. That's part of a tribe. That's part of community. That bring, gets a lot of energy from being around people, like-minded people that from, from being and supporting a, and being of service to other people as well. So that's one thing that's top of mind.
0: I love it. When did you like, so with that answer, like when did, when did the aha moment, or the I guess I'm trying to f- find the right word, but like mm-hmm. moment of clarity of just like, yeah, we are operating in like a modern time, but kind of still need those fundamental ancient principles and yeah. and way of thought. Like, when, when did that hit you? Because some people yeah. it never does.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so that I'll share. I'll share when that hit. There's a very uh, acute moment that I remember where that hit. But before that the the precursor to even allowing that to hit was was me starting to build a relationship with my own body so i grew up and i had really and there's a specific moment with this as well there was I, i grew up and i had a lot of injuries um when I was growing up, I I had emergency surgery to save the function of my leg. Almost had my leg amputated from a from a bad injury from from a high school football injury that led to something. And then I had a knee reconstruction surgery as well. So I was injured. I I grew up with casts, and I was an active kid. I played yeah, a lot. Yeah. I played football, like pro active. A lot of but things. I got, I, exactly, but I got <laughs> but I got injured as a result of that. And so by the time I was graduating high school even i thought i had this horrible relationship with my body i had in my mind as a, a 17 18 year old kid that i'm going to be in a wheelchair one day like that's mm. not a very healthy thought for a 17 year old kid to have like i yeah. was just like oh whatever and i treated my body poorly as a result of that and it wasn't until a couple years later that i was in my first yoga class i believe it or not i was in my first yoga class and it was a sculpt yoga class so it was with weights and that's what got me there from a friend and uh, my uncle actually got me there with that and after the class, like the workout was cool, but I was laying in Shavasana and I was like, Ooh, what was that thing at the end that we did where we were like laying still on the ground? Like, I like that. And yeah. so I followed that that thread I followed that breadcrumb and I started doing a little bit more yoga. And, and I realized, oh my goodness, like body, I love you. Thank you. You've been through so much. Like, wow. <laughs> like I, I almost connected of like. It's not just me living up here in my mind, but we've got this body with us too, and this body that feels and that holds on to emotion, and that can perceive things, and that that, that has a whole wide range of perceiving the world. Like, so that laid the foundation for me to like feel this connection and and, and start this healing process with my body. And yoga was a big Mm. part of that. I went on to become a yoga teacher as well, do yoga teacher training. And that that led me on this path of like of healing this relationship and little things like learning how to sit on my knees because I had horrible range of motion for my knee surgery. So like practicing and starting with a stool and then a pillow and then eventually being able to sit flush on my knees, which was a big breakthrough. So that led me onto that and realizing, wow, we've got this body and we have this body we can build a relationship with.
0: Well, what gate? Because okay, I hear and you hear this often for uh, from people that are older, right? Mm-hmm. Whether I, I mean, I hear this in my family all the time, and it, it just like people have to come to these realizations themselves. Like you can only force you know this type of thinking so much, and it, it just bounces off them essentially. But I always yeah. hear things like with family members that have knee replacements and this, It's like ah. Uh, it's just, there's like this acceptance of Mm. I'm just getting older. I mean, you're, you weren't even old at that point, obviously, but you had legit, you know, injuries and, and, um, surgeries and so forth. Like what allowed you to say, no, like, I'm not accepting that this is just my range of motion for Mm. the rest of my life. And I'm going to have to operate completely differently for,
1: forever, essentially. Yeah, (laughs) great question. And you'll (laughs) love the answer to this because it was a question. It was a question that I asked myself of, what if I don't have to end up in a wheelchair? Like, what if I don't have to? Like, what if, you know, what if, like, what if it was challenging? that, And part of that, honestly, was my my dad was a, it was an elite athlete um, and a runner, an ultra endurance runner. And he ran his knees down to the ground and he had both knee replacement, um, didn't take care of his body that much. And that this is a result of that. and, And also through that process. So, um, so I saw that. And so we model what we see, right? And so I saw my yeah. dad that was getting knee replacements, like, oh, I'm going to get knee replacements too, like, like father, like son, like I'm an yeah. actor, right? So we yeah, see, yeah, and then, and then it, so it's, <laughs> right? it's like, all right, that's what we do. And, and then it was, um, it was feeling, it was feeling that of like, wait, maybe like, what if, like, what if I can heal from this? What if I can mm-hmm. sit on my knees? Like, what if I can feel stronger in my body and healthy in my body? Like, what if? And then that would have opened the door enough for me to start to feel some results happening. And you start to okay. see, when you see, see results very quickly, then you build the momentum. And you're like, wow, what, what if this continues? Like, what if I can get to the next step, next level? And then you're falling like, oh, cool. And then that, that like thought led to, Uh, an idea. And that idea led to this belief of, oh, no, I know I can heal. Like, I know that this is a fact. And then you start to build evidence and you start to see how you've transformed and how you've healed. Then it's then it becomes just a straight belief of like, no, I know I'm going to be healthy. I know. And I believe with every fiber of my being that I'm going to be 90 years old playing basketball. Like, I believe that I truly Mm -hmm. do believe that. And so that belief and and I and I and I choose the actions and I take the actions and I make the decisions that align with that belief to support me for longevity and for health and wellness and longevity and so that's become a part of who i am Mm,
0: i love it i love the line i wrote this down just like building building the evidence that Mm. you can that is so that's profound because i mean that's personalized to to you right like again coming back to that idea of you know someone can say hey like just just try this, or just you know yeah. start here, or whatever. Like just to try to nudge people down. But until, until you believe yourself, you're it, it, you're always met up against resistance, essentially. Right? right? Yep. Amazing. Evidence. Yeah. So coming back to that, just like ancient modern uh, situation, like when, so when that next moment hit for you?
1: That was, that was about four years ago when I was in Iceland on a Wim Hof retreat. That was um, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So I was, um, I listened to Wim Hof podcasts and I was like, this guy might be onto something here. It really resonated the idea of like, we are strong, healthy and capable. And like we are like, it's up to us, yeah. our happiness and our strength is it's our decision. And that that message was, again, it's something I've heard a lot, like be the victim, be the, be the victor, not the victim. And like, take accountability, take control of your yeah. life. But for whatever reason, he put it and with his his energy behind it, and a podcast I listened to was like, wow, that really resonates. And I want to learn more. So like I did a little online course. And I, and I and I went on the website, and I saw that there was a retreat, not that he was leading, but one of his trainers was leading. And his and his trainer, Jorn is a name, became an incredible mentor and friend for me. And I actually went back to Iceland this uh, two months ago to co-lead a retreat with Jorn, with his trainer. Oh, so it was a cool. fun full circle moment. And so I, I'm I'm here in Iceland, and this is the first my first experience with breath work, with cold immersion. Um, I hate the cold. I hated the cold. I was I grew up in San Diego, California. Like anything <laughs> cold was like, no. I did a win two winters in Ohio and that was enough for me to be like, no, nah, I'm going back to the beach. But uh, I, I was open-minded to explore this and then when we did the first breathing journey, I had another surgery, an appendicitis, where the, the, the surgery went wrong, and the doctor nicked an artery, so I was bleeding internally. Oh. So it was a simple, simple surgery that went horribly wrong. I was in the hospital for days, uh, for weeks. I was in the hospital. I had to have blood transfusion, mass blood transfusion. And it was really, really touch or go. It was really sketchy. And, uh, and when, I was, when, I was, um, when I was in Iceland, when we were doing the breathing journey, I felt that the, this like, tingle at the site of the incision. And the tingle slowly, I kept breathing into it and breathing into it slowly worked its way up to my throat. And then just a release of emotion. I just started crying hysterically. And I felt this like, sense of, oh my goodness, like body, like you've been through so much. Like, I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Like, oh my goodness. And it was this, I even get emotional just talking about it now because like, it was this first time where I connected this, like, You've been through so much and yeah. you still continue to go through everything. And I've never actually stopped to acknowledge or allow anything to happen there. So that was a beautiful release. And then on, throughout that week, we built up into this. And going into the cold is where I really realized, wow, we're these ancient beings living in this modern world because our bodies have this mechanism. We don't have to think about. We know we get into the cold water. like Our body knows what to do. It sends mm-hmm. the blood from our extremities to our core to protect our core. Like we don't have to think about it. It does that automatically. That's amazing. We didn't live with air conditioned and heated cars for, for yeah. a fraction of humanity for just the fraction. Like it's yeah. so silly. So like our bodies are built to handle the cold. Our bodies are built to thrive in the cold. Like we know how to handle this. We get in our mind and our mind gets in the way. So that's where I started realizing like, what else is our body built to do? Like what else are we capable of that our mind puts limits on? I
0: love it. What else?
1: What else? You know, just,
0: just on the breath work, and I wrote down, like, points of injury or points of trauma. I'm just curious if you've had any other experiences like that. And let me I- explain. Cause I Personally, I've, I've never had, like, that big mm-hmm. emotional release. But I find, like, this this happened a couple of days ago. I, I, a mild, like, ankle roll uh, while I was on a, on a hike. And I've noticed... Uh, in my morning breath work sessions, like on the holds in particular, you can feel like, mm. I and I've felt this before where, where there might be an injury where you feel like that tingling in, in very specific, right where that injury is. And I'm just wondering, like, have you experienced that as well? I, I actually don't really understand what's going on there. Or if that's just like more blood being, Sent that to that injury yep. point. Now, I'm not sure if you do, and it's totally fine if you don't, but I wanted to bring it up since you had kind of like uh, a next level experience with obviously that release.
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the same, a similar thing happens in the cold too, where certain parts, when you're in for cold immersion, and I've guided hundreds, hundreds of people through their first cold immersion experience. And at this point, and uh, your certain parts of your body might tingle, or some people, it's their elbows or their ankles. Um, or their calves, or their their toes. You know, hands and fingers and toes are common for everybody, but there's certain parts, and 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 for that, that is something around acute inflammation, and that's around an acute yeah. injury that you might have. And that's the blood flow that's working out, and that's really good. It's a little painful, but it's the blood that's coming out. And then when you get back out, you feel that flush, and it's that blood coming back, the warm and cold blood mixing, which can be painful, but it's really good because you're giving your your yeah. body, a, you know, a lymphatic flush. And you're giving your system a flush. So something similar happens in the cold. And yes, when you're in, when you're doing the breathing, because what you're doing when you're breathing is you're changing your your blood chemistry. So, your Mm. blood is going from a more acidic state to a more alkaline state. So, you're moving with your breath. You're moving your blood. You're actually moving your blood flow throughout your body. And you're changing the actual state, the chemistry of your blood, which is fascinating to me. So, exactly. So when you're doing that, um, any parts of the body that have certain imbalances, like you might feel that. So, it might be your back or you might be your your ankle or, or a spot of injury. So, I find too, it's really interesting when you focus on a specific body part, like you can feel certain tingles or sensations with it. So it's just all about that mind-body connection. So yes, it's a I, I don't, I'm not a doctor. And I don't know the actual yeah, scientific yeah. things of what's happening there, but I know from a physiological standpoint, that's what's going on.
0: So cool, so cool. Hello everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested, I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15 minute opportunity to pause and think because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple and practical providing with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. Okay, so just since we're on it, I mean, we'll get into the backstory of, of, of your most recent work as well. But like on the breathwork side of things, like what, what, practices do you have uh, currently set up? Like what are some of your like non-negotiable uh, when it comes to breath work mm. uh, that works well? And or there are there different use cases where you're using it? i just, I mean, the idea is just, again, we're not prescriptive on this show, but it's just to give people ideas.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's a great question because, you know, the me of a few years ago, uh, I, I mean, I asked my mentor this too, when I was coming back from that Iceland retreat of like, Cool. Like, this is this a daily thing? And people ask me this all the time. And, and, and in my mind, it was like, okay, this is a tool now. Like, this needs to be a daily practice. This is an everyday thing. And he told me an answer at the time that, like, I didn't really want to hear and that I didn't like, um, which was like, <laughs> no, like, use it when you need it. I'm like, yeah, I don't get that. Like, I need to put it in the system. And it didn't really resonate at the time for me. But as I put it in my own practice... I realized that doing a full breathing journey, like an hour long breathing journey or even 30 minute breathing journey every single day, like that's a lot. It's a lot on your nervous system. It's a big nervous system workout it's a lot on your on your adrenal system you know, a lot of people can experience some adrenal fatigue from it because you're, you're it's, it's you're mm. working it's a workout it's called breath work for a reason you're putting in work and it's it, it can be more difficult than working out for a lot of people i, I took a physical my, my personal trainer um who's a completely shredded ripped in shape guy and, and i took him through his first breath work journey and he said that was harder than any workout i've done is what he said so like wow. it's, it's a yeah. workout um so what I do currently for breath work is I use it as a tool in my tool belt and I use it as a response to shifting my state when I feel like I need to shift my state. So some, so typically it's a once a week thing. Once every other week thing is I'll actually lay down and I'll do breathing, but I don't like to do any of the apps. I don't like to do any of those things. I like to use my breath as my guide. And yeah. sometimes I'll do like a deep breathing journey. It'll happen and it's amazing release, but sometimes it's a little more subtle and it's like, Just a couple of breaths, a couple of rounds of breathing is all that I need. And so I use it as a response. And for for some to share something practically, it's like, if I'm working to break a habit, I'll use it as a response. Like, let me go do breath work before I do this thing. Or let me, if I'm feeling like a little anxious or or tired or depressed in any way, or like just feeling a little off or stagnant, if I'm finding myself in that social media scroll hole, right? And I'm like a little (laughs) stagnant. I'm like, let me go breathe for a second, shift it. Or let me go breathe before I do this thing. Yeah. And then that helps shift the state. So I use it as a response to kind of give me a little supercharge or a little jolt if I'm feeling a little off currently. Um, that being said, one thing that is non-negotiable that I do every single day is I take a deep breath. And yeah. even that, So true. just that right there, like that changes your state. That changes your blood chemistry. So I'll experiment, like I pair it with journaling, like, you know, habit stacking, right? When you, when you compare yeah. one thing with another thing. So I pair it with journaling too. So before I, when I sit down with my journal, like I'll often take just a couple deep breaths, maybe three, just nice, slow, long, deep breaths. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've built a tool, uh, tool belt of other types of breathing techniques. So like diaphragm, breath of fire type of things where you're, oh Yeah. You're pumping that breath or doing box breathing. So box hold. So in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold at the empty for four. So there's a whole different way you can play with the breath and, and I'll bring those in, but as I feel as needed, as necessary, but for me, the non-negotiables take one breath.
0: So, so valuable. I I didn't, you're, you're making me think, and, and I'm taking notes here as well, um, I didn't think of the workout aspect of how you're, cause you're right. It is, it is a, it is an internal workout and, and not to overdo it. It's, it's funny. Like, it's, it's like programmed in our, in our, in our culture or society of like, I'm, if you're motivated, you're going all in. Like, I'm doing breathwork sessions right. every day. I'm doing this and do, and it's funny, like, especially in the health space and, and especially in like mindfulness and wellness and whatnot it's like you over-index on some of these things, right? Or you get people saying, oh, I didn't get my meditation in. And they're all like frazzled. I'm like, "That's kind of defeats the purpose,
1: man. It does. No, it it, it truly does. And and that's when I made a shift from, instead of referring to my morning routine as my morning routine, I refer to it as my morning ritual. And there's a slight distinction there between routine and ritual for me. Because ritual is something that fills you up. It's something that's nourishing, something that's Mm -hmm. energizing. It's something that you look forward to. Whereas for me, the routine, like, and I've had, I had the whiteboard and I would go through and be like, all right, here's the five things I'm going to do before. And I'm going to go check the box on each single one. And if I don't, then my day's going to be shot. But it's like, hold up that, that is that, is that right? Because isn't that defeating the purpose? Because I should be doing these things because it brings me energy. The only punishment for missing my morning ritual, my morning routine is not doing the thing. When I don't get a chance to sit down and do my journal or I miss it or I'm not able to take a deep breath, like the only punishment for that is that I miss that thing. And that's enough motivation for me to do it, not because I'm holding myself accountable to checking the box for that. Yeah. So it's an interesting conversation because I understand that there's also that idea of like you got to do the thing before you can – like it becomes habitual. But I like to view it as is this – will this be nourishing for me? Will this bring me energy? And, and we know. Yeah. We're honest with ourselves. We know. That's why we work out. We know that, hey, it might not feel good right now, but I know I'm going to feel good after. So like we know we can bring ourselves to do that. So I bring that same mentality across the board.
0: I love the idea of the, the reframe on the rituals. And it's, it's something I think maybe four or five years ago on my side as well, I had a shift of not, not being so strict with the practices, but just prioritizing the time. Yeah, And like having this pre-day, what I call a pre-day block of time that uh, there's a whole host of things that Mm. that can be done, but essentially the theme is priming my mind, releasing whatever's going on. So, I mean, journaling often shows up, but then maybe today it's breath work. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a different type of exercise. Usually there's some sort of movement, but maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a walk, you know, inside. So... I think that for me, at least that that's been really critical. just the prioritizing that time. Yeah. Giving yourself that space. It removes so much pressure. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, Okay. Let's talk about some other rituals. I mean, we definitely have to talk about, you know, uh, people are probably seeing this. If you follow uh, Joshua's account and edge theories account, but like you've got, award-winning musicians jumping in your tubs like (laughs) uh, you could you can name drop all you want but i mean how did all of that start like Mm. explain explain how the journey started then let's then we can get into some cold therapy cool
1: yeah Uh, very accidentally like i look back and i'm like
0: my, Mike Posner just showed up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike in particular, that was cool, and I'll share that one with you here. But the the whole journey itself started very accidentally from just a desire for me, my cousin, to want cold therapy in our own um in, in our own life and make it accessible. And then this crazy question and this idea of what if it could be portable? Like, what if we could take this with us to Ironman races and triathlons and marathons that we're doing, or we could take it to yeah. our buddy's house who's got a barrel sauna, like. Wouldn't that be cool if, like, we didn't have to do ice or what? And I'm doing breathwork workshops. If I could take it with me and and have it, not have to get ice and fill up my car with ice. Like, wouldn't that be cool? So that's how <laughs> that's how the that's how we actually have the product that we have today, which is which is really cool. But are you curious about the mic situation in particular? Yeah, sure, share that. Yeah. But then, yeah, then we
0: can get into uh yeah some of the like the benefits and so forth yeah, and like definitely. where you guys are heading and whatnot.
1: Yeah, so I, I've been uh, so so. Mike Posner is um, someone that I've been following his journey since literally I was in high school, like, we're around the same age. And so I, I feel like we've grown up, you know, together, you feel that way with certain musicians that you follow or artists or celebrities that you like, you grow up with in a way and, and you've evolved with and so a number of years ago, maybe probably five or se- five or probably five to ten years, five, seven years ago, let's say, um, Mike went. You know, a lot of people know Mike as like the "I Took a Pill in Ibiza" song guy, or yeah. you know, he was a pop star, like a massive Grammy-winning pop, pop award-winning pop star. And um, and then his dad passed away from brain cancer, and it started him on this kind of own journey of his own self. And he decided to start doing things that he wanted to do, and he. Um, and there's this great song called move on that he that he um he released oh, and the music yeah. video is amazing and it, it shows that transformation for him he walked across america because he decided he wanted to do that he climbed mount everest he got deep into cold immersion and breath work became a Wim Hof instru- uh, certified instructor so like i i saw him kind of on this almost like parallel path to me as he was going down this development and he was always someone i had identified when i saw that early on i'm like i can't wait to be kicking it with him like i'm stoked like I view him as a friend and a peer and someone that I look up to, and like he seems like one of the boys, and I can't wait to be hanging with him one day. And and that was years ago, right? And then um, fast forward to a couple months ago, literally at his house, having lunch with him, hanging out, going in cold tubs with him, like absolutely one of the homies, one of the boys. Uh, so that was that was really cool, and that happened through um, one of my old my old boss at a company I worked at in San Francisco he um he became friends with mike and mike actually sang at his wedding um okay and so he was close with him and i was reconnecting with my old boss because he's kind of big into the space as well and health and wellness space and so i was reconnecting with him and picking his brain on our new venture and he mentioned you know he's friends with mike and mike is totally into this stuff and so i asked him like hey like would love to get mike set up with a tub or get him to try a tub like if that's something you feel he'd be into like let me know. I' love that intro and um, and he made that intro, and um Mike responded right away to the intro, super excited, enthusiastic. and then the, that next week we were up uh, up in l a uh, getting him in tubs. that was pretty cool, so awesome. I mean
0: i i I know Mike's grateful, obviously, but if you if anyone's following his account too, I mean, I mean, you took him out of a basically lie down freezer, yes. and now he's in a legit, awesome
1: tub, Yep, you know tub, that he right? can take with him when he travels, where he can take with him when he does events, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So why don't you just explain a little bit uh, about the product and how it's a bit different than uh, what's out there?
1: Yeah. So when I got back from that Iceland trip that I was talking about, and and the cold to me was a a tool that I now knew that this was transformational and I wanted to use this, like journaling. It was like, imagine Mm -hmm. getting introduced to journaling and then coming back home and being like, okay, cool. But like, you don't have pen and paper around you. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, I need a I need a way to do cold immersion. And I live in San Diego, so there's no frozen rivers or lakes like you got. <laughs> yeah. And even the tap water doesn't. It, it's cold as full blast. Like in the winter, it'll get decently cold, but in the summertime, for most of the year, like the water's not even getting that cold. Like it's cold coming out is like lukewarm. Like you don't even get yeah. that shock factor. So I'm like, all yeah, right, that this doesn't work. And 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 one friend was like, oh yeah, I, I get a bucket full of ice and I fill it with ice and I hang it over my shower. To get a colder shower, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, but like, uh, that, that, that's uh, there's no way. And so, what at the time, a couple of years ago, the only options out there were either you buy a ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar cold tub for your home that's designed to be a cold tub, or you buy a chest freezer, one of those yeah. lie down, one of those chest freezers that you know they store meat in, and you hack <laughs> the chest freezer and you like caulk the insides and you and you fill it with water and you hack it to fill it with water. Um, and that's what people were doing. And I, I stumbled across this Facebook group where it was filled with thousands of people that were doing this. The group now has 10,000 people in it, over 10,000 people wow. that are, are hacking chest freezers because that's the most affordable one. You're going to be all in maybe 800 bucks with all the adjustments, a thousand bucks if you want to do it the nice way. Yeah. And so I was prepared to do that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to buy a chest freezer. But my roommates at the time wouldn't let me buy a chest freezer and put it on our balcony. And I thank them for that, even though I was like <laughs> super jazzed about it. So after I moved out, um, a year or so later, I called up my cousin, Rob, who um, he's more of an engineering kind of tinkerer mindset guy. And I was like, hey, Rob, can you help me build a chest freezer? And he's like, wait, you want to do what? You want He was just like, he heard water and freezer and he was just like, no way. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of issues with the chest freezer as well. It's the cheapest, but like, you have to dump it constantly. It's really yeah. difficult to maintain. And it's also quite dangerous because if you leave it plugged in, it's a big issue. Um, and oh, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, People fry, people actually fry them. So um, it's it's a big issue in that way, and then um, it's not made for humans at all, and it, it, it doesn't last long because of that. So, so I called to Rob, and he was like, "No, but like if you want cold water, we can find a way to make you cold water." So we started tinkering around in his garage, and um, and we put together this first prototype, which we called uh, the Heisenberg, because it was like a science project and like a Breaking Bad science project in the garage. It's horribly looking, so funny looking at it now, and but we got cold water that was filtered and clean and cold for us whenever. It was amazing. So we just kept building that. We were using for ourselves for our training and we saw the amazing benefits it had from our inflammation reduction, our soreness reduction, the aliveness that we would get. It was incredible training tool. And we started bringing other people through the house to try it and they all loved it. And so we just kept making it better. So over the course of like two years, we just kept making it better and better and better. And we realized actually, like, I think there's a lane for this because this can be below the, you know, 10 K price point. Mm -hmm. And it can be above the, it can be actually something that's designed for this above the chest freezer. So there's a little market here for this. And we saw at the same time, around the same time, another company launched called the Cold Plunge, and they started selling $5,000, $7,000 Cold Plunges, and they were selling them like hotcakes. So we thought, okay, well, there's clearly some market validation for this. But what we wanted to bring was something different to the table. We wanted to bring portability because nobody was able to do it portable. So we built portability into this. As athletes, that was really important to us. It wasn't just this big thing that now sits in your in your garage or sits outside, but it's something that you can take with you. Or I can put it on my balcony. I couldn't do that with any tub, even if I wanted to. Yeah. So we took the same drop-stitch technology that's in stand-up paddle boards, and we built a tub using that technology that's super sturdy, and inflatable. You don't even know it's inflatable. You sit on it. It's totally fine. And we built a tub that fits into a backpack. And that hooks up with two hoses to this chiller unit that's on wheels that circulates the water, that makes it cold, that keeps it clean, or turns it hot as well. And that combination we were able to bring to market and bootstrap ourselves and bring to market at an under 5K price point, which was really, really cool for us to do that as well. So that's a little bit of Cute. how we built the products.
0: That's awesome. So where are you guys at now? Like, what's, because uh, it's pretty, pretty fresh or pretty new in the sense that like you've been using it obviously like you said iterating and whatnot but like now you're you're going for it
1: yep so we just launched to market um a month and a half ago and um we yeah we we are finishing up our first production run for our first batch of inventory for our first 50 units um at the end of this month which is really exciting um, and since then, we have also placed another order for a much larger quantity, <laughs> uh, which is really exciting because very quickly we started seeing proof of concept with this and we saw a product market fit. And we realized based on timeline, we're going to be sold out very quickly and we don't want to have a super long back order. Yeah. One of the unique things that we also are able to do is because it's portable and compact, it ships in two boxes to your door via FedEx which is great. Yeah. So we can ship it next to air where everyone else has a 10, 12 week lead time and it comes on a big box truck. It's like, no, we'll ship it to your door. And when we have our inventory, then it ships your door in two days. Like how cool is that? You can have a cold tub in two days or for an event, you can buy the tub and you can take it home and it can be cold that night and the next morning you can go in. So, um, Amazing. so that's something that's really cool. So anyway, we have our inventory is finishing up. We have more inventory on the way. And right now we're just connecting with the right like-minded people, the people that are passionate about this and we're growing it organic, we're growing at grassroots and and we're just looking to bring this message out there. And, and what I'll tell you, Mark, is that the 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 product is really cool and I'm very proud of what we built. But more so than that, it's to me it's about this tool that allows people to connect with themselves. It's this tool yeah. like journaling. It's this tool like meditation, like breath work that allows us to go inward and and build a relationship with ourselves and allows us to hold a mirror up to ourselves and go into our inner world. And it's the mm-hmm. most powerful tool that I found that does that. And um, and that's what I'm really excited to share with the world and help people help facilitate that connection with people. I love it,
0: love it. Well, I'm inspired, man. I I can't like. I mean, that's what that that's what it ultimately connected us. I mean, I just you know saw I don't know who where yeah someone reshared something from your profile at one point, and I was like, this is, this is so cool, and I can I can see we really would vibe. So I reached out, yep. and here we here we are. Um, I do want to you know just we're getting close to, to wrapping this this yep. conversation or episode, but I do want to come back to, or maybe not come back to, or jump off of this, the inner world that you mentioned. Because, uh, you know, just from your perspective, like you're, you're at a really interesting place with this business. I mean, I, I imagine there's, there's a lot of decisions, there's a lot going on, like it's, it's a brand new company, right? And you also mm. have production and all of that. You've got interest, which is fantastic, but there's, imagine there's stresses and there's there's a lot to manage as well. So I'm just curious to see like which practices are mm. are from a mental fitness perspective and, and physical fitness as well, but
1: which ones are like holding up in, mm. in this current stage of, of the business for you. It's a great question. It's a great question because I have noticed some things shifting. Um specifically right now as I am uh, I'm phasing out of a full-time job that I have on top of this. <laughs> so, okay. so I've been working full-time for five years as director of operations at a startup company, and it's been amazing. Um, yeah. And it's what allowed me to really bootstrap this and take our time and development with this and, and to not and to be able to do it and to still live doing it and to be able to mm-hmm. bootstrap it in the way that we have, which is great. Um, and now I'm phasing out. I'm training my replacement right now as we speak, actually, which is really exciting. Um, but very quickly once we launched i realized okay this is not sustainable like i can't do both of these things yeah <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. so in this in this moment right now in this season or this phase right now it's things are falling to the wayside and it's been a really cool process for me to realize like what is sticking and what is falling like what are truly the important things for me, that'll allow yeah. me to keep going. And I think one of those things is knowing that there's a finite window be- before I'm able to focus on this full time in the next several weeks. So that's really good to know. Like, I think important for everybody to remember that like you're in a season, like, I, I-, I often refer to these moments as training camp. Like, and when I played mm. f- uh, football in high school, we would have our training camp or this idea of training camp mentality of like, you can lock in for eight weeks, you can lock in and you can do anything. And I like that way for my fitness approach as well, of, like, or, or building a habit or mental or whatever it might be. It's like, eight weeks, like, let me lock in. I can do something every day for, you know, for eight weeks, for five yeah. days a week, for eight weeks, I can lock in and make that a finite, like effort. I can do that. I can giddy up for that. So that's part of the mentality that I really love. And that mindset is stuck, is stuck with this mm-hmm. as well. But then from a more practical practice standpoint, um, sleep, you talked about sleep earlier, sleep, yeah. is everything, like giving myself sleep to stay healthy. Cause for me, there's a big correlation when I'm not sleeping, then I might start feeling a like I'm getting sick. So sleep and nourishment, like eating the good foods that I need and, and fueling myself up and taking the time for sleep and for, um, and for, for nourishment and for good food, those are really critical. And then beyond that, um, breathing, like yeah, breathing and then the cold, I swear the cold, like I'm taking my own medicine, which is great yeah. because the cold does it when I can get in that cold tub in the morning, and I don't want to. I do that most stress. That, that's the most stressful thing of my day. Physiologically, yeah. it's the most stressful thing that I will do. And so I get that out of the way first thing. You eat the frog, right? You do the thing that sucks first. Then the rest of the day is easy compared to that. Like I know that I can sit on Zoom all day, or I can go have difficult conversations, or I can work through hard problems when I've first confronted that for myself. So mm-hmm. the cold has been such a powerful practice. Admittedly, journaling has fallen off a little bit. Like I still journal app absolutely, but it's not an everyday thing where I would sit down with my journal for. You know, 30 minutes, an hour every day and really explore in that way. Right now I'm finding yeah. myself getting into action more. So it's a bit more of the action oriented stuff. Which is amazing, right? Like
0: that's that's the beauty of all of these practices. I mean, you plug and play what you need in the moment to to get you from point A to point B, right? And who knows, maybe like in like you said, I like the language of the season. Maybe the next season there'll be more journaling and less right. of this. Like we we have this and and I I I suffer from this as well. Like, but, and and this is where your language of training camps are like eight weeks. Like, but we have this like fascination or obsession with like permanence. It's like, okay, Mm. I'm doing this. Like, how am I going to do this for like the next 55 years or something? It's like, we, you know, we don't always say that, but like mentally, it's kind of like what we're rolling out, right? Oh, I can't do this because I don't have the right system to do it for the next like 100 years every day, right? But like, just, take it back a little bit, loosen up. It's okay. I mean, try. Mm. And, and, and I like this idea of like, almost like these little sprints yep. of, of training.
1: That's, That's it. amazing. Makes it approachable.
0: Yeah. So cool. Well, I mean, there's a million different uh, things I can continue to jump off uh, sure. with you and, and continue the conversation But I want to respect your time. And who knows, we'll do, maybe we'll do a part two at one point. We'll see yeah. where, where the next phase of the business goes and see how things yeah. have changed. Uh, but man, I just like, I want to thank you for showing up for this, this conversation and, and coming in energized and a bigger thank you for, you know, keeping yourself healthy and following what, what lights you up because mm. the ripple effect of that, that work, that effort is helping so many more people around the world mm. and it's just expanding, you know, and that, you know, that we owe you a big thanks you and the thank team for that.
1: Mm. Yeah. And and one thing, if I can share as we as we close off here, is um, just to listeners, like, don't forget that you're alive, you're breathing. That's why I love yes. breath. You're breathing. You have lung. You have air and oxygen that's coming in through your lungs in this beautiful vessel that we're in. I love the cold because the cold reminds you that you're alive. You feel that rush physiologically. Yeah. You get a spike of norepinephrine and dopamine and oxytocin. All this this pharmacy of the brain we tap into, but you get this rush. We're alive. Like. Don't forget that. Don't forget that there's this amazing interactive world out there that there's, you know, caterpillars turning into butterflies and there's northern lights and rainbows and like the ocean and mermaids, right? Like, don't forget about all (laughs) these amazing things that exist and that are out there right now that we have the ability and the beauty and the opportunity to interact with. So I just always love sharing that and bringing it back to that and why take a deep breath, like go jump in a cold shower, cold water, remind yourself that you're alive. You're a vibrant human being and you're here. So let's enjoy it. Love it.
0: Love it. Well, and I highly encourage everyone listening to, I'll put this all in the show notes, but pop over to Joshua's uh, Instagram feed because I mean, you may not want, I I don't think anyone's like, yeah, I can't wait to get, you know, jump into the cold plunge, but we're talking, you know, three minutes. And if you watch some of these videos after you'll feel and see the aliveness and the, the energy that, that you have, you specifically, Joshua uh, coming out of that tub, like it's there. And mm. I mean, being someone that practices uh, cold therapy as well, like you, you feel it. It's, mm. it's, it's like nothing ever yeah. uh, that I've ever felt um, yep. coming out of that situation. So
1: mm.
0: amazing. Great way to end. Here's to being alive and here's to and then, the mermaids.
1: Here's to the mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Much love. Thank you, Rob. Be well.